everybody. Welcome to Table Talk, a place for honest conversations and getting to meet friends. I'm Betsy Thompson, and I am so excited for y'all to get to meet Dr. Charlesville. Thank you for coming and hanging out today. My pleasure. Excited to be here. It's going to be so fun. Y'all, um, you might not recognize... Okay, should I call you Dr. Charles or Charles? <laughs> because I call Dr. Denny... Dr. Denny. Right. What do people call you? Well, it depends. I think uh, in church, I'd rather be called Charles. Okay. Every now and again, people say, this is Dr. Savell, and I just say, well, my friends call me Charles. Okay, cool. I'll yeah, be your friend. So, I'll call you Charles. All right, great. Um, so, okay, so let's just go into what's the doctor? Uh, I have a PhD in Bible exposition from Dallas Theological Seminary, so that's where the doctor comes in. That's out. awesome. When did you get that? I uh, graduated in 2013. Okay, awesome. And y'all, we are so blessed at Sagemont Church. I know we talk about it all the time. This is another special way that we are. So many of our Sunday morning Connect Group teachers, our study teachers throughout the week, are seminary professors that gift their time and their knowledge and experience to just come and share with us. And you are one of those people that teaches in soul support. It's one of our uh, connect groups that meets at 1115 on Sunday mornings. You and Dr. Denny and Emery kind of teach in a rotation in that class. And um, I know the people in that class, and they are so thankful that y'all give your time to come do that. Because you didn't have, you don't have to do that. <laughs> uh, it's a blessing. I've always enjoyed, even in seminary, and though I teach down at the seminary, I think that teaching in a local church, keeps you grounded. Mm -hmm. The seminary world is an artificial world. It's really? a very academic world, yes. Okay, that makes sense. Yep. And so when you're around real people, and I mean, not to say that so many people are not real, but real issues, live mm -hmm. issues, it, mm -hmm. uh, I think it helps you keep you grounded. So uh, I've always enjoyed teaching. That's great. How long church. have you taught at the seminary? Well, uh, that's a complicated question yeah. to some degree. I've changed seminaries, and I'll talk a bit about that later. But uh, really, I'm going in my second year at my new position okay. at Dallas Theological Seminary, Houston. Okay. So, but I, before that, I taught at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, Houston. Yeah, so. that's awesome. Okay, so we jumped into that, but I want us to go back a little bit. Just introduce yourself a little, your family, where you grew up. Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, uh, I'm married to Kathy. And um, we have, we're empty nesters. We have three grown children. Okay. Uh, our oldest uh, son, our oldest is son, he lives in Hamburg, Germany, pursuing oh, wow. a, a PhD there. And uh, then I have a daughter who's a nurse who lives in the San Antonio area. And then uh, I had twin daughters. So the other twin lives in Richardson, Texas, and okay. she's a stay-at-home mom. Okay. And That's we great. have, let's see, uh, four grandchildren. Oh, fun. Are so, any of them in Germany? Uh, well, one of them is actually in England. Okay. But yes. Okay. Wow. So uh, we have that, and uh, that's awesome. Then it's just Kathy and I now, and yeah. and my uh, I have a sister that lives with us. Okay. That's uh, great. And uh, and a cat. And a cat. So that rounds out our family. There you go. I love that. You know, I have twin daughters, and so when I heard you had twin daughters, I was like, that's so fun. And they're my babies too. So yeah. does one of your twins claim the baby role? <laughs> Well, the other one doesn't let him forget about it, you know, so it's like one of those things. But uh, Yes, we always say one of ours, we're like, she claims the baby role. It might be about two minutes, but she's she's the right, baby. Right, so yeah. that's so fun. Okay, so did you grow up in the Houston area? Did you grow up in Texas? Where did you grow up? I actually spent most of my years growing up in the Texas area. I mean, I moved to Texas in, in the Houston area, and uh, I was probably 
first grade okay. time. Okay. And uh, actually grew up on the northwest side of Houston and ultimately graduated from Jersey Village High School okay. in northwest Houston. Okay. Um, after graduation, uh, about a year later, Kathy and I were married. Okay. And we moved up to the Dallas area. And we stayed there until 2015, when I moved back here okay. to take a position with Southwestern Baptist okay. Theological Seminary, Houston. Awesome. That's cool. And I know I wasn't going to say this, but because you brought up Dallas, you do like the Cowboys, and it's okay. I, I, I do. It, we'll, it, we'll accept it. <laughs> uh, being a Cowboys fan is a, you know, it, it builds up your patience. and <laughs> That is a, lot a of good other, way of saying it. <laughs> yeah, yes. A lot of other things. but yes. A lot of your friends that like the Cowboys would agree with that. So, yes. And it, I, one thing I've learned about the Cowboys is once you're a Cowboys fan, that's it. Like, it doesn't matter where you live or where you move or whatever. You're yeah. going to stay that way. Well, it's ultimately the Cowboys fans will be the ones in heaven. So <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Listen, as long as Aggies get to go there, too, I'm fine. <laughs> That's awesome. OK, so you grew up um, and I will tell you, uh, Dr. Um, Savelle, now I'm going to call you Dr. Charles. Charles uh, filled in for us this summer, was one of our guest teachers over the summer in Wednesday in the Word. And, um, and I got the privilege of going in and getting to listen because I'd never heard you teach before. And I was like, I'm going to go listen to him teach. Fab you did a fabulous job. You're a very excellent teacher. Uh, but you just kind of threw out there at the beginning before you even taught. You said, I grew up in an atheist home and then came to know the Lord at a Billy Graham revival. And I went, mm. what? Mm -hmm. Like, I was like, can you come on Table Talk and share that? Like, that was so interesting to me. And so I would just love, first of all, when you said you grew up in an atheist home, hmm. will you just define what that means, uh, what that meant growing up for you? Sure. Well, uh, when I talk about being uh, growing up in an atheistic home, it was a home in which we didn't pray. We didn't talk about God. Uh, we didn't uh, read the Bible. Uh, we didn't go to church, didn't even make a pretense of going on Christmas or Easter or ever. Yeah. And so it was a purely uh, secular environment. So uh, I, ba I basically grew up knowing nothing about religion in general and Christianity in particular. Did you see that people around you were going to church? Like, did yes. you grow up knowing like, hey, that's something they're doing that we're not doing? Yes. When, but, you know, when I, when I was growing up in Houston, that was a number of years ago now, uh, it still is in some ways, right? We're in part of what we call the Bible Belt. So mm -hmm. I imagine that uh, uh, I would be one of the few at my school that would actually claim to be an atheist. Mm -hmm. Now, I know that many people didn't really have a real relationship with God, but no one would come out and say it. Right. it atheism wasn't quite the cool thing back then. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I actually became fam famous or notorious in my school because— uh, I claim not to believe in God, and I'd have people come up to me, you know, uh, saying, is that right? You know, did I hear that you don't believe in God? It was like wow. something that just simply wasn't believed back then. Wow. Yeah. So growing up, not going to church got to the point of this isn't something we just don't do. This is something where I don't believe that there's a God. Yes. Yeah, I tell people, I say, look, I said, uh, as I see it, there are two kinds of atheists in this world. There are the philosophical, thoughtful, intellectual types, you know, who give out the logical reasons and all that. And then there's the brash, arrogant types that are just divisive. Mm -hmm. I hate to say I was more the latter than the former. Hmm. Uh, probably looking back on it because I was backed into a corner because, right. you know, everybody else is a believer. So I came out swinging. Hmm. 
And in fact, when my I have a younger brother, uh, when my younger brother started to go to church for a little bit, I just made fun of him and told him how stupid he was. Wow. Uh, for doing that. Yeah. So that's kind of where I was. Yeah. Okay. So there, to a seminary professor, <laughs> what happened? Well, uh, actually, you know, I I started working like a lot of people do, you know, as a teenager and. My first job was actually at uh, Home of the Whopper, Burger King, right? Okay. And uh, while I was there, I I became friends with uh, another guy, and uh, he actually was a fairly committed Christian. In mm. fact, probably the first really committed Christian I ever met, uh, even though I'm living in the Bible Belt. But he actually lived it. Yeah. And I don't know what it is sometimes where you have an oil and water, mm-hmm. but we became friends. Awesome. Uh, we didn't have much in common because I was... I was pretty much a heathen, and he wasn't. So, yeah. But um, one day he came up to me and said, you know, uh, my church is going down to hear a guy named Billy Graham, and I'd like you to come with me. And I said, what is Billy Graham? Who is he, and what is this? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I really didn't know. And But he was persistent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I said later he was pestering me, but he was persistent. And eventually I said, look, if you'll be quiet, I'll go to this thing, whatever wow. it is. And so uh, we took his, uh, you know, his yellow school bus, his church yellow school bus, mm-hmm. right? And we went down to Rice Stadium. Okay. And uh, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know any of the songs. I didn't know what was going on because I, I was totally right. ignorant, right? Absolutely. I mean, to go from nothing to a Billy Graham rally, I mean, that's, I'm sure, was complete shell shock. Yeah. So I stood up when people stood up and sat down when they sat down. Sure. And now that I'm in ministry, I really wish I could remember Billy Graham's message better, but I don't. I just realized that uh, when he was talking at some point, uh, he was talking to an entire stadium, but I also realized he was talking to me. Mm. Or actually, God was talking through him to me. And so if you've been to a Billy Graham crusade, right, you know at the end they offer an invitation where you can come down the field. And I told... I told my friend, his name was Alfred. I said, Alfred, I said, I don't know what I need to do, but I need to go down there. Wow. I said, don't leave me. Yeah. Because see, this is how ignorant I was. Um, I came with a school bus, right? All these people on this thing. And I figured the event's over. They're going to want to head back home. And so I figured they'd leave me behind. I had no idea that they came there so that people like me could make decisions. Mm -hmm. And he said, he assured me, he said, no, uh, we'll wait. Yeah. And then, um, so I made my way down the field. I really didn't, I, I didn't go that night to be saved. I didn't know what saved was, but uh, I gave my life to Christ that uh, evening Wow! in Rice Stadium. How amazing. I, I love it so much that when we get to hear people's stories of how they met Jesus, most of the time, not all the time, most of the time, there is a person that was just faithful to the Lord in their walk, mm-hmm. and that made such an impact on somebody else. And so thank the Lord for Alfred, mm-hmm. like literally, what an amazing person for him to be that influence, to look at you and go, hey, come to Billy Graham. It wasn't even come to my church on Sunday. It was get on a bus and let's drive down to this huge place. You don't know what it is, but just come. Mm-hmm. And I love that the Lord had such a plan for your life that he was like, yep, you're going to get on the bus and go down there. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I love how the Lord uses all those pieces. So you go down on the field. They had to be saying words that didn't really make sense as far as 
you know, give your life to the Lord or being saved, those kind of church words a lot of times that we use. Um, when you were down there, I mean, but you knew, did you know, like looking back, you're like, no, but I knew what I was doing. Somehow, like because of the Lord, I knew exactly what I was doing. Yeah, I I mean, by personality, I'm not necessarily a touchy-feely guy. Yeah. I like facts. I like, you know, data, mm-hmm. things like that. But there was something that I, I, I would understand it now probably to be the Spirit's prompting, but there's something that physically I could feel. Mm. And I can't quantify and qualify it. I wish I could. Right. Uh, and give you some numerical data for it. Yeah. But it's just something that I, I sensed and, and yeah. knew. Now, the problem wasn't necessarily on the field. It was going back home. Yeah. What did you do? What did the next few days look like? Well, I mean, I woke up the next morning. I looked like the same person I did in the mirror sure. that I did the day before. But uh, and I didn't, frankly, didn't know what to do. Yeah. Okay, now what? And uh, the Billy Graham uh, uh, Evangelistic Association, they what they'll do is they they take down your information, obviously, and and then they send you some study materials, mm-hmm. uh, growing up the Christian life and some other things, and. I've received them, and I'll be honest with you. I gave it sort of a half-hearted go, but I didn't. I was so unaware and so ignorant of things. That these books really didn't help me a great mm. deal, and um, so I, I, you know, I, I, I started filling out some of the blanks and all these other things, working my way through the books. But it really didn't take. Mm-hmm. I didn't really have strong Christian friends right. uh, other than Alfred, and so I really didn't know what to do. And uh, it wasn't really until. Uh, well, a year, year and a half later or so that I, uh, uh, someone came into my life, uh, actually uh, uh, an employer came into my life that kind of discipled me for the first time wow. and kind of helped me to make sense of things. Yeah. Have you, even before meeting the Lord, were you a books and numbers and data guy? Is that just who you always have been? <laughs> well, yes, in a way. I mean, I enjoyed it, but I didn't like school. Okay. Uh, I, I've always enjoyed learning, but learning on my terms and learning what I want to learn. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I could rattle off all the teams that won the Super Bowls and scores and players, but I wasn't interested in like algebra right. and stuff like this, you know. <laughs> and uh, so I, I really wasn't a great student. Yeah. And uh, I didn't like school uh, for a variety of reasons. And uh, so I was a very average yeah. Average student. Now, you mentioned out. that your brother had started going to church. Yes. After you came to know the Lord, was he still somebody that was going to church? Did you go back and talk to him? How did your parents respond to all of that? Well, <clears throat> my brother had already stopped going before I, I went to the Billy Graham crusade. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, I, I kind of bear that burden even today about what I did. I feel badly about it. I understand it's part of being forgiven in Christ, mm-hmm. and there's grace to cover that. But I still feel a sense of responsibility. Uh, he died, actually, a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and last I understand, he died still an atheist. Wow. So, um, uh, but if I take a little comfort, a little solace in the fact that my younger brother didn't listen to much of what I had to say at any time. So if I said it was black, it was be white. Right. You know, yeah. he liked this team, I liked that team. So I like the Dodgers. He liked the Reds. You know, it's just like, yeah. so he was always kind of the opposite of me. So I'm, I'm hopeful that 
I didn't contribute greatly to his decision. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, um, uh, yeah, now as far as my parents go, uh, my dad in particular, he, he would basically say, hey, he was very open. He said, whatever you want to do, mm-hmm. you can do. I mean, in a lot of ways, he was very open, too open in a lot of ways. Right. And he just said, I don't want church people stopping by the house. Interesting. Because back then we did visitation. You know, mm-hmm. churches would do visitation. Sure. They'd Knock send on someone the over. Yes. Yep, absolutely. And he says, I don't want to see anybody from the church ever come to this house. You, I said, if you want to go to church, you can go to church. You know, you can have Christian friends, whatever you want. But I don't want them coming over here. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So whenever this employer came into your life and started discipling you, what did that look like? Because I think so many of us, when we talk about you know, we're disciples in Christ and we're supposed to be discipling someone else mm-hmm. and not just in a Bible study or at church, but just in our daily life. Talk a little, what did that look like and what did he do that really helped you grow in your relationship with the Lord? Yeah. Um, let me step back a moment and just tell you this story because it's another God story. Uh, my girlfriend at the time, the one, the, the lady I would ultimately marry, I was looking for a job and she said, well, I hear that this business is hiring over here. Why don't you check it out? So I said, okay. And basically it was one of those industrial parks where you have rows upon rows of metal buildings. Each one's numbered, mm-hmm. right? And so I had this uh, address with the number and everything else. But for the life of me, I could not find the number to this building that mm-hmm. was hiring. And so I see a guy at uh, one of the businesses. He's outside working on his pickup truck. And I went up to him and I said, uh, uh, I'm looking for a job. And but I can't find this business. Do you know where it is? He says, well, he says, no, I don't know where it is, but I'm looking for some help. So I said, well, okay, a job's a job, Whoa, right? Oh, no way. Yeah. And as it turns out, this this man uh, had built um, swimming pools for a living. Okay. And back then, the econ- e- uh, economy had taken downturns, so people don't build pools when the mm-hmm. times are tough. And he had laid off all his guys. Only It was only him, his wife, who kept the books, and now employee one. Wow. And so we would drive to different jobs, you know, uh, he, and I'd drive in his pickup and I did help him do whatever he had to do. Mm-hmm. And if there is a blessing sometimes in, uh, in the woes of Houston traffic is that you don't get from point A to point B quickly. No, and so you right. fill the time somehow. Yeah. And uh, usually he filled it two ways. He would listen to Keith Green's song for the shepherd. Over and over. <laughs> I, in fact, I don't know if I ever heard anything else. That's funny. And, and or he talked to me about the Lord. Okay. Now, I didn't realize what he was doing. He was basically discipling me then. Yeah. But he was just, you know, talking about life and, you know, ta- uh, just, yeah, just interacting with me. And and I know what he was doing now. Yeah. Now, the interesting is that I've had two men in my life that filled this role of mentor. Neither one of them had a high uh, college degree, and neither one been to seminary. Yep. And so I tell my students mm-hmm. all the time, I said, look, I can teach you Bible. I can teach you theology. I can't give you a heart for people. Yeah. I said, if you have a heart for people, I'm glad that you're here, but you don't need this degree. Yep. And if you don't have a heart for people, you can't use this degree. Wow. And so ministry, in my opinion, is people. Yep. And um, these two men just took an interest in my life. And I know uh, because sometimes people, well, yeah, you're Dr. Savell, right? Yes, I wasn't then, though. Right. I was pretty rough around the edges. I had hair down to my shoulders, and I didn't look the professorial part or any really part. We need those pictures. (laughs) (laughs) 
right? So, uh, yeah. That's awesome. And I will say, huge plug. You didn't know you were doing it, but we are starting. We have Beside, which is our uh, mentoring program here at Sagemont. Mm-hmm. And in October, we're starting it for men. We're opening it up where men can be involved. And I think one of the biggest holdups for men with thinking about being in mentoring is I'm not capable or I'm not good enough or whatever. I don't know enough to be a mentor. And I love what you just said. It's just sharing what the Lord has done in your life with somebody else. And that was just a beautiful way of explaining that. And so if you're listening, be looking for the registration, go register, come and be a mentor it with beside, because it is, it's just, you don't have to have a seminary degree Mm -mm. to mentor and love on somebody and encourage them and share what you've walked through. Right. So. It's, and yeah, I think really what you need to do is be a little farther down the path. And by the way, we're all down the path, right? That's no right. one arrives. You don't been there, done that, bought the That's T-shirt right. kind Amen. of thing. We're all yep. in the process of discipleship. And so I, I, I do believe you should, uh, you know, you should be investing, pouring yourself into someone that's not quite as far down the journey as you are. And hopefully, if, if God's gracious, you have someone that's farther down than that's you right. and that you learn how to be mentored as well. Absolutely. So yeah. it's it's a wonderful uh process. I'm thankful for these two men. Um, Humanly speaking, I know God does what he does, but humanly speaking, I'm not doing what I do today apart from these men. Yeah, I love that. So talk a little bit about how did you end up in church? Like how did, like, when did you walk into a church and start just the journey? Because your relationship with the Lord is different than a church. They go hand in hand a lot of the times, but how did you step into a church and start learning that and how to be a fellowship together and walk with each other? <laughs> yeah, that's actually a, a, a great question and, and uh, somewhat funny for me to answer it. Uh, what ended up happening was, is that uh, this guy that was mentoring me, my boss, right, he, I don't know, brought up in a conversation that he played softball for a church team. And uh and he said, you know, we just don't have enough people out there. Would you come out and play? And I said, well, I, I know this surprised you, but I'm not a great athlete. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I said, look, I said, uh, baseball, soft- I'm not a great athlete. Baseball, softball is my third best sport. And so he said, no, we just need somebody out there, right? A warm body out there. I said, well, I can do that. And so um, I showed up and I was as advertised. I wasn't very good, but I played, <laughs> <laughs> I played for the team. And uh, I, it just struck me one day, I'm playing for the church team, I ought to go to that church. And yeah. so I just started going because I played for the church that's softball right. team. Wow. And uh, yeah, so anyway, that's... That's really cool. Yay, Rec Ministries. <laughs> we have them here at Sagemont. Come bring your friends and play basketball. Because sometimes, a lot of the times, I hear this from men often, that is how they ended up at the church, is someone invited them to come play a sport. Mm. So, and that's how they ended up in the church. So, yeah, it could be uh, 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 any other activity Absolutely. that someone might be, you know, yes. involved in, and and yeah. It's so, yeah. I, I started going to that church, and and yeah. um, it was a, a Baptist church on the, the northwest side of Houston, and ended actually ended up getting married. Kathy and I were married in that church, okay. and then when we were married, we moved to Dallas. So I lost that church yeah. kind of home, and, mm-hmm. and we had to find another one. Wow. So how? How far down the line did, or what made you decide to go to seminary? Like to take that next step of just, you know, being a 
living your life, studying God's word, all that kind of stuff, what mm. flipped in you to go, no, I need to, I want to go to seminary. I want to study in a academic setting. Yeah, that's, uh, again, a lot, a lot of things in my life are unusual and complicated, but I've already mentioned the fact that I wasn't a very good student. And, and seminary's uh, hard. Seminary's hard. <laughs> You know, other languages. Uh, I, I, in fact, when I was in when I was in high school, I told my parents and told everyone, hey, "Listen, I'm not going to college." Mm-hmm. So I didn't take my. You know, my peers were taking foreign languages and the SAT. I didn't take those because mm-hmm. I wasn't going to college. I knew I don't know what I do for a living, but I wasn't going to uh, go to college. Furthermore, whatever I did for a living, I wanted a job that didn't involve talking to people. <laughs> so interesting. Yeah. So I don't like people. Right. So, uh, uh, you know, I'd go out and, and, and I did. I went out and dug ditches and did other things. Yeah. But uh, uh, that's kind of where I was. But um, I was going to a church and the uh, associate minister there gave me a book called Battle for the Bible. Battle for the Bible is a book that came out in the mid-70s and basically uh, pointed out that many denominations and seminaries no longer believed in the inspired and inerrant mm. Word of God. And as a as a young believer, I thought everybody, you're a Christian, you believe this. Course, and and right, so yeah. it was greatly disturbing to me. And I thought uh, someone ought to go to these schools and teach them mm. who believes in inspiration and inerrancy of the Bible. And uh, so that might be me. Wow. So uh, now... That was so crazy to me that I put it off. I I fought going to Bible college for five years. Mm, Long time. Long time. Uh, The thing I've learned in life is when God wants you to do something, He can outweigh you. For sure. Right? Absolutely. And He's persistent. He doesn't give up. And so eventually I I ended up going to Bible college and seminary and all that. I actually started teaching... um, when I when I moved away to the Dallas area, we joined a, a, a Baptist church, and um, I was just kind of going to services and making sure I was home in time to see kickoff for the Cowboys and all that, right? So, um, but just kind of going through the motions a bit, and uh, the person that turned out to be my second mentor, he came up to my wife and I one day and said, "Look, I'm starting a Sunday school class for people who don't go to Sunday school." So interesting concept. Yeah. So I, I said, okay. And we eventually ended up going and I enjoyed the, 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 uh, uh, the, the experience of being in the class. And uh, this guy's name was Buddy and, and Buddy hung wallpaper for a living. And Buddy said, you know, I got to go on the, I, you know, back then they had visitation where they vi- right. knocked doors and all that. He says, I got to go. Would you go with me? So I have someone to go with me. So I kind of know what he's doing now. Yeah. <laughs> I said, oh, yeah, sure. He needs some help. So I'll go help him out. So we, we ended up doing hospital visits and, and all sorts wow. of different things. And I'm learning from his teaching and all that. And it, and it somehow it, it popped in my mind, I ought to teach. Mm-hmm. And this is strange because personality-wise, the last thing I want to do is be in front of people talking. So we were out. We were finished with the visitation one night, and I I said, uh, hey, buddy, what would you think if I uh, taught the class on an occasion? Just give it a go sometimes. And I was a little concerned because uh, I really felt that 
uh, Buddy would take my request as saying he's not a good teacher. Mm. That's what I really felt. Yeah. I had no idea that he'd be delighted. Um, and so uh, I really didn't know enough about the Bible at that point to do it. And I didn't know how to teach, but um, I did, and uh, God blessed it. Mm-hmm. And really, God blessed it. I'm not just being humble about that. I really didn't. Any yeah. good thing that happened was accidental almost. But God did bless it, and I realized, okay, I think I'm gifted in this area. Mm-hmm. So those kind of things, reading the book, teaching, and other things kind of yeah. came together, and that cool. led down to a path where God, in a sense of humor for someone that's going not going to college, spent over half my life in school. Yes. so That's so cool. I love that. I love when God has a plan for you, mm-hmm. he is going to bring it to yes. um, to what it's supposed to be. And he mm-hmm. knows that. And he's so patient with us, which mm-hmm. is lovely that he does that for us. So in your years now of walking with the Lord, um, one of the things, if you've been at Sagemont very long, if you haven't come join us, we'd love to have you. Um, we are in a kind of a season of prayer. We really are looking at prayer and not just offering places for people to pray, but really looking at how do we pray? Why do we pray? And then really diving and then actually let's pray. Let's do it. Let's do that. And so um, just in your life, looking back or even right now, um, talk a little bit about just your journey with praying. Right. So I didn't grow up um, in a praying home. And so I really didn't know uh, much about prayer. In fact, a a funny story, actually, I was with my first mentor and I, I told him that Kathy and I had been engaged. We we're going to get married. I figured he'd be excited and delighted. And he said, have you prayed about it? Mm. And I thought, really, what does God have to do with marriage? <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, honestly, why, that's where I was. Why do have to ask well, him? Well, yeah, why are you asking wow. God? I can understand asking the Father or something. Sure, but sure. What, what does God have to do with, uh, you know, this? And so I said, no. And he says, well, you ought to. And I said, okay. So I prayed about it. and and um, But that's kind of where I was. Yeah. I didn't know. Now, I believe now that really if Christianity has a secret sauce, it is that Christianity really is a relationship Mm -hmm. that we have with God. Mm -hmm. And um, every relationship that's worth anything requires communication. Absolutely. And I mean, if I told you that, uh, man, I have a great marriage, but I never talk to my wife. Right. 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 This, there should be a disconnect there, right? right? Absolutely. So if, uh, if our faith really is about having a relationship with God the Father, you know, through the provision of God the Son by the Holy Spirit, then it seems to me that communication involves listening and talking mm-hmm. or communicating. And so I tell people, I said, you listen to God primarily through His Word. There's other ways as well, but... Primary through the mm-hmm. thing we, the book we call the Bible, and the way we talk to God is prayer. And so, if I want to have a relationship with anybody, I have to talk to them. If I want to have a relationship with you, we got to talk right. at times, right? Mm-hmm. So, I just think it's a natural part of being understanding that our faith really is a relationship. Yeah. And so, we pray because that's what you do when you're in a relationship, yeah. a healthy one. You communicate. That's right. And so, for me. Um, be, just by nature of personality, there's all sorts of different things that, you know, the best way to pray is to pray is to what works for you. Right. So I, I'm not saying this is the only way, but I'm a creature of habit. I like driving the same way to wherever I'm going, right? 
I like waking up the same time and everything. So okay. I if I put prayer in the schedule, and so I kind of schedule, uh, you know, times of prayer. That's what works for me. I love that. Now, some people want, and I can, of course, pray spontaneously. I sure. can I can see an accident on the side of the road and just pray with my eyes open. Absolutely. That uh, for the that person or persons and, mm-hmm. and things like that. But but uh, normally it's uh, it's regular times of prayer. That's how I that's how I typically do it. Yeah. But, I love that. I like both both things you said. Of it's a relationship. Of course, you should be talking with him and listening to him. And then also that y'all we we do have to put it in the schedule, you know, because we get busy and things happen. And it's this is a priority, just like you would do date nights with your spouse or mm-hmm. hey, we've got to sit down and chat and we've got to you know talk to your kids and it's putting that time, making it a priority to sit and spend time with him. Mm-hmm. I think is awesome. I love the way you explained that. It was very Simple, but we can take it and run with that. So yeah, but I think if you you know there are more complicated and technical definitions of prayer. Sure, but I think prayer is really talking with God. That's its most basic core. That's what it is. Yeah. And uh, this is really what our faith is about: is having this relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So beautiful. you know, let's talk to Him. Love that. Yeah, y'all. That's it. Let's talk to Him. Let's talk to him. Thank you so much for coming and sharing. I appreciate it so much. Are you a, a coffee drinker, tea drinker? Uh, I drink I drink coffee, uh, tea on occasion, but usually coffee. But I'm not a coffee snob. Okay, so you just want some black coffee. I mean, well, I can drink coffee out of Keurig. Now, sure. Some people tell me that's dirty water, but it's, it suffices <laughs> for me. You know, so listen, so. if you want to hang out with Charles, you don't have to spend much money on his coffee. Yeah. You can just... Invite him over and give him a cup straight from the kitchen. So, y'all, he um, really is, uh, well, one, very humble, which is lovely and such a, such a beautiful thing. Ve- so much wisdom. Lots of really good information. And easy to talk to, okay? And so um, if you see him in the hallways, go up, tell him, hey, thanks for sharing your story. If you have questions, if, if you have people in your life that are walking along as atheists or struggling with that, I know Charles would love to just visit with you and be an encouragement to you. So if you see him in the hallways, go up, say hello, and uh, tell him thanks for being on Table Talk. I really do appreciate you coming and sharing your story and all that you do for Sagemont. You do. You serve here wonderfully well, and we appreciate it so so very, very much. So thank you. Y'all, thanks for hanging out with Table Talk today, and we will see you next time. 